stress me out. I'm just clunking and you're breathing. You Sorry, doing? man. I'm just trying to catch my breath after all that week two action in the NFL. Mm. That's uh, pretty good. Yeah. That's my soft intro, by the way. But now I'm lightheaded. <laughs> Welcome into the 4th and Forever podcast. My name is Stuart Bothwell, and for the second podcast in a row, I have Darren Butter with me. You're almost making a habit out of this one now, Darren. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, now you're eating, now you're eating food. That's, uh, that's very professional of you, Darren. Yeah. Podcast trope. Um, yes, I'm here. Yeah. NFL, woo. Yes, exactly. Fantastic. Now, remember, nice, nice loud, out, uh, almost almost outside voices here, Darren. We've got to, to really come across vibrant, keep keep everyone at home awake and excited for all the stuff we're talking about, right? Yes. Cool. That's more like it. That's positivity that I like to hear. That's what we're all about. Now, last week, we tried to do something in a slightly different format, didn't we? But... Mm. Didn't really work, did it? No. <laughs> I, mean, I was supposed to give a quick rundown uh, of each game, and you were supposed to give like a quick, sharp take, and we just ended up talking about the games as we always do. So, do you want to just keep going in the same sort of ways we did last time, uh, or do we try and do a little bit of each game, or actually, actually smash out the scores with a little blurb on each, or do we just go somewhere in between? Probably going to be somewhere in between. Probably, isn't it? Isn't it? Yes. Well, well, we'll just fly into it and see how we go. So let's not waste any time then, because week two was pretty crazy. There was some really, really good games in this one. Games that just came right down to the wire. Um, the very few of these games were actual blowouts, really. And even those had something interesting about them or something interesting to comment on. But yeah, there was a lot of high scoring. Um, I think we're beginning to get an idea about what some of these teams are going to be going forward. And that all started with Thursday Night Football when your Cleveland Browns welcomed the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, came out on top of that one 35 to 30. Yes. So Nick Chubb went off in this one to the tune of 133 total yards and two scores, and he looked really strong. Uh, Joe Burrow became the first rookie quarterback in history with over 60 attempts in a game. Uh, as he kept the minute to the end against Baker Mayfield's Browns. Uh, he was the first 300-yard passer against the Browns in 24 games as well, apparently. Uh, Baker looked pretty solid in this one, staying in the pocket and being pretty accurate, except for one rather nasty INT. Now, neither defense looked good at all, which will be unsurprising for the Bengals, but certainly of increasing concern for the Browns. Now, the Bengals are also 0-10, and 10, in one score games since the start of last season. So they've had they've had it close, but again, just never seem to come out on top. No, no. No, the Browns did pretty much what I said they would do last mm-hmm. podcast, where if you can establish the run, which mm-hmm. apparently doesn't exist, <laughs> and stay at least in the game so that you can use your running game, then that frees up Baker and... It just all looked a bit better. Kareem Hunt looked really strong. Yeah, yeah. Um, he broke the line several times. And he actually looked... Both of them were just powerful, but Hunt's runs were probably more surprising. And um, he was, like, breaking for quite big chunks. Yeah. And he got a good touchdown as well. So, um, happy with the Browns, but the defense, you know, there's too many, so many players out. I think their whole 
secondaries kind of out. I think Denzel Ward only didn't play all the snaps, and Greedy Williams is injured, and Harrison's not playing, and Vernon's not playing, and mm. yeah, there's a lot of players missing. Yeah, um, it's very holy. On the other side, Mixon was kind of disappointing, and um, Burrow had to do everything, and God, if they don't fix that O-line, he's not going to last very long, is he? Yeah, it certainly became a bit of a problem for them. Uh, it, it, it just did enough to, to keep himself standing a lot of the time. Um, plenty, plenty of pressures on him in that game, but uh, like he's, he still kept them hanging around in it. Like I say, 61 attempts in this game was a lot. 37 completed, 316 yards, three touchdowns. He showed a lot of poise for a guy who was being harassed and harangued the entire game. And um, yeah, like I said, he managed to rally them back. Uh, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter alone, which some point people put down to garbage time, but that wasn't garbage if you're within five points of actually doing something there. So, yeah. Uh, on the Brown side of things, uh, OBJ caught himself a touchdown, which I don't know if that will help him or them or whatever, but um, there's been some speculation about whether or not he might be on the move and what he might get for him. Let's swap him for Robinson. Yeah. Robinson in the second. What, what, Alan Robinson or James Robinson? From Alan Robinson. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, Alan Robinson, I think, would be uh, think a fantastic fit, swap. Fit a bit better. Like, be, like, Baker doesn't seem to be the explosive mm. quarterback. Like, it's fine to say, but, like, OBJ needs, like, a James Winston or something, you know, like, a mm. someone that's going to just fling it. Just, just sling Baker it Baker doesn't seem like he's matured into that type mm. of... Well, Baker will try and throw it to OBJ when he's not open, or OBJ will just slow down and finish his route, which ends up being uh, incompletion or even worse, an interception. So, um, yeah, maybe, yeah. If, if people in that building are doing their job, they'll be going up and telling them both what it is that they need to do to sync up. People should be analysing that and saying, this is the problem. And yeah, but you, figure you, it out. we'll get to it, but we look at what the Jags are doing with, like, Lewisca Snow and, mm. and what... Um, what the Chiefs do with Hardman and stuff, it's there's other ways to get OBJ involved, mm-hmm. um, and they don't really seem to to be doing that. But mm-hmm. then I guess as they establish this um, offense, they'll be able to maybe do a bit more. So I guess we'll see going forward. But Browns are in a funny division, so then indeed they are. Uh, but they've got a win, which is good because you did see them as potentially even losing this game at some point, didn't you? Or, yeah, I was or... feeling a bit negative about it all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, a little bit of positivity has uh, has paid off with a 35-30 to 30 win. Uh, the New York Giants fell to the Chicago Bears, but only just, as I said, they just couldn't finish off their drive in the final moments. Uh, the biggest takeaway from this game was the loss of Saquon Barkley to a leg injury, which will have him out for the rest of this season and possibly even the start of next season, which is awful. The All-Star running back took to Instagram, wiped everything off it for, apart from a Kobe Bryant tweet, or Kobe, Kobe Bryant quote, sparking rumours of unrest in the Barkley camp. But, uh, you know, maybe he was just trying to clear the, clear the decks and say he's just focused on one thing now, which is just trying to get better. Who really knows? The Giants have since signed uh, former Falcons running back Devonta, Foreman, sorry, Devonta Freeman to a one-year deal. Uh, in this game, Mitch Trubisky showed some decent work early in this game, but really fell away after that. Um, he had a few bad ones in there. Um, the second half was a bit of a concern, but he's doing enough to cement himself as the starter uh, going forward. Just needs to keep using his weapons around him and letting them do the work. Use his legs to keep plays alive and you know just let them get into space 
as we saw on the David Montgomery touchdown that you had. But they also need to pay Allen Robinson, as uh, we aforementioned there. Um, on the Dallas, sorry, the New York Giants side of things, uh, Daniel Jones is one of three quarterbacks in the last 25 seasons with 25 passing touchdowns and 25 giveaways over their first 16 career games, the others being Peyton Manning and Matthew Stafford. Just a little stats corner at the end there. I'm popping that on the end of some of these here. Yeah, <laughs> Glad you're enjoying it, Darren. Yeah. The... Um... The Bears are a funny one because I kind of feel like they're one of the four worst teams in the league, but they're 2 0. There's a couple of situations like that at the moment, really, but um, um, I guess it depends on what your perspective of teams like the Las Vegas Raiders is. Um, yeah, it's like 2 0 two, two is an interesting position to find them in, really. Yeah, they don't just, they just don't seem to have a lot of balance. Like, yeah, as I said, Alan Robinson, three receptions for nine targets, and it's Mitchell Trubisky. Like, mm. how much is he going to do? Is he just doing enough to keep his job for another year? Or I don't know. He... Well, I mean, given the way that this has gone out so far, so they've got two wins in their first two. They've got Atlanta next week, who were god awful on defense against the like, mm. on, in the, just in both of their first two games. They were absolutely terrible. Um, so you've got to think that. This is an opportunity for Trubisky to go three and zero, but people are still going to be scrutinising it the entire time. Yeah, it's not real. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, like Chicago, like I say, they started off hot in this one. They were up seventeen nothing at half time. Giants came back in the second half and made it way more interesting. Uh, but I think they were still just reeling from that uh, Saquon Barkley injury early on. They didn't really get anything else going on the ground afterwards. Uh, Dion Lewis, they tried their best to get something going with him. Ten carries, twenty yards. He's not a and a bang in touch. He's not a scat. <clears throat> he's a scat back. He's not a tailback. He doesn't know how to run between the lines. He's a check down player. Yeah. In the shotgun, so it's a bit of an ask to ask Dion Lewis to be your um your workhorse, which is obviously why they've got Devontae Freeman. Um, oh, in terms of. Barkley, it's just it's really disappointing. So it was a torn right ACL and mm. a torn right MCL, and in tearing his MCL or spraining his MCL, they can't operate on his ACL until the MCL is is better. Savage. So if they have to wait six weeks to operate, then yeah, he could miss the start of next season because uh, unless he's AP or AD standards of nine eight months to recover it's going to be a whole year so could yeah. be looking at november next year before he even gets back on the field yeah there's this whole um school of thought of running backs don't matter and everything like that in the pff era um but in the right circumstances saquon can matter yeah and, and like, like he's one of the like this marketing wise and stuff it's yeah a disaster not to have him because they don't really have much else yeah, he's a he's a beast out the out the backfield and passing game. Uh, he clearly is an athlete in the run game. He, he's he's a weapon, and like when they don't have him there, the feeling that you have nothing in the running game behind him does not doesn't look good really. And Devonta Freeman um, was released in March after uh, like just not filling like so not living up to his big contract with Atlanta, so. You don't even know what you're getting out of him, really. He's clearly regressed over the last couple of seasons since signing his deal. Maybe having a little bit of time to, to freshen up might see him, you know, get back to where he was before, but I don't know. It's a big ask. Yeah. It's, um, 
it's, it's not a great uh, situation for the Giants. The the New York teams are a little bit of a mess. But yeah. Well, um, I guess we'll talk about that soon. Um, this game is just one of those games. Second week of the season. Don't really know what the Bears are. We do know what the Giants are, and I guess we'll see if, as you said, if Mitch can go to three and zero. But I still think there'll be massive um, questions about him, even if he's three and zero. Yeah, of course. Like, it's just. He's one of the most scrutinized quarterbacks in the NFL, but he's managed to get get himself in a, a good position. It's probably about as good a start as he could have hoped for, really, in terms of wins and just general performance, I guess. Um, so, innocent till proven guilty, I suppose. Good till proven bad. Uh, his defense certainly helped him out with this one as well. Uh, Robert Quinn managed to get a nice strip sack on uh, Daniel Jones at one point in the game to get them in really good position. Uh, there was an interception return for a touchdown, which was called back on... Uh, holding or a legal hit or something can't quite remember what it was now but yeah uh, Bears defense is still looking pretty good Khalil Mack also got himself a sack um, which like basically whenever he gets a sack apparently they win it's just what happens I'm assuming that um, there was an because Cordero Patterson has a tackle so I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's because he tackled the intercepting something like that or maybe the maybe the fumble will get you get yeah. caught with one like that I'm not sure that's right but the defense of the Bears it's pretty strong, you know, like with um you know, Kyle Fuller and Eddie Jackson and stuff. They have mm-hmm. players there, but offense just gotta be a bit stronger, I think, I don't know. Yeah. I think they've got some weapons there. Um and like Montgomery looked really, really good in his uh his run sorry, his um, score that he got. Yeah, he was um, underutilized last year. Yeah. I think well like running running backs sometimes take a little bit of time to come into their own. But um, you know, maybe we'll see a big leap from him in year two. He's doing right so far, as are the Bears in general. 2-0 they are. Uh, oh my god, I'm going to need longer to talk about this game, which is absolutely manic. The Atlanta Falcons falling 39-40 to the Dallas Cowboys. Wow! <laughs> I ended up watching this one with our flatmate Jake. Um, the Cowboys fumbled three times in the first quarter. Three times on the first three possessions uh, to put them well behind the eight ball. Matt Ryan took advantage of that with two touchdown tosses before adding a third in the second quarter. But the Cowboys came storming back with some angry running from Zeke Elliott and some absolute lasers from Dak Prescott in what some are calling his best NFL game yet. He threw 450 yards through the air and a score, as well as three rushing touchdowns to keep them in it. The fourth quarter was about as crazy as I've ever seen, though. Uh, The Falcons were 39-24 up. Uh, within nine minutes, sorry, with nine minutes left to play, Dallas then goes three minutes, 75 yards, touchdown. One minute, 91 yards, touchdown. Recovers the ensuing onside kick with one minute, 49 left after the Falcons just crowd around the ball and watch it travel the full 10 yards. Absolutely abysmal work uh, from the special teams unit there. Considering they have the best um, onside kicker. In the league, you would you have thought that they would be aware of how to do this by now, yeah. Uh, Young Hoku, you're leading to there, Um, yeah. And then once they they got themselves into the position, uh, Greg Zerline didn't miss from 46 yards out, and the Atlanta Falcons are the first team since the 1994 New England Patriots to score 64 plus points in Week One and Two and start 0 and 2. And uh, this statistic is one of the craziest ones I've ever heard. They were also the first team since 1933 to lose despite going 39 points up and having zero turnovers in a game. Other teams during that time span are 
440 to 0. It has never happened before. They are comically bad at blowing it. They just... Well, they're really good at blowing it. <laughs> well, it's per- pers- perspective and how you look at that. Basically, they're really good at being bad in those situations. Yeah, I I don't even really know what to say. Atlanta just have the hardest fan base in the world. They, they've been it would so suck to be there. much stuff. The Braves and the the Hawks and the Falcons, like honestly, I just I don't know how they do it. Um, even the Atlanta United have like bottled a couple of um, playoff runs. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What can you say? Like it should have been dead and buried. The the hole that Dallas dug was insurmountable. Like they couldn't come back, and they have. And Dak kept going. Um. It just does seem like the softest defense in the world, though. Yeah, they're, they're like, just there's so, some, so bad. There's a mentality thing there. How do you concede 40 points when you're, you're up that much? Yeah. Is it because there's only... Well, they had fans. There's mm-hmm. there fans in the state. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I can't even say. I think this is just... Falcons just might have to chalk the season up to... A good try, and then <laughs> already, yeah. this is this is it. They'll they'll start off awful, but you know there's going to be a time where they're going to go on a seven game win streak, and then finish seven and nine. <laughs> it's just well, the, the the irony is like you know you'd look at it and be like oh well the Saints are there and the Bucks are there so maybe you know get a couple wins against the Panthers mm. but Saints aren't looking that flash. No, it's like that. that um, there's a very intriguing division at the moment, but like it's it's almost as if the football gods were finding some ways to mess up the Falcons throughout the course of this one like they, they kind of taunted them by putting them out to a 20 nothing lead in the first quarter stretched out a little bit let Dallas come back a little bit in the second quarter but there was a point where Russell Gage uh, the wide receiver threw a deep pass to Julio Jones and more than 99 times over 100 you'd expect, expect Julio Jones to come down with this one for a score and it didn't and they ended up punting on that one so like that was another seven points on the table effectively so yeah. it was just like there's there's just all it took was maybe one other play on offense for this to work i mean i certainly could not blame matt ryan for this one um i mean it would have been nice if they'd managed to be a little bit more effective in the third quarter but there you go there was just things that didn't go their way but um, it shows but, you how kind of lonely being an nfl quarterback can be sometimes it's hmm. like it's got nothing to do with you that defense has nothing to do with matt ryan um, there's 53 guys in the team, and yeah, it shows you how hard it is to win a Super Bowl and how hard it is to to be one of the greats. You know, Matt Ryan's been riding that um, fence, yeah, for a while. Like, is he there? But I think there's just becoming too many marks on all the resumes, Dan Dan Quinn, and yeah, it's just it's getting. I mean, it's getting a bit silly. It didn't help that there was all these injuries and stuff that have happened. Like Tack McKinley's been out and. Uh, AJ, but AJ Terrell was just garbage and, and this as well he just got uh, taken for a ride by likes of CD Lamb um, but then you, you look at uh, some of the some of the stat sheet on, on their side as well and uh, was it Foye Oluokun had three forced fumbles in this game uh, <laughs> like that's more than someone in his position would get through the course of a season, several seasons in some cases. He's going to make money on that because he'll be like, wow, there's oh, the stat box. There you go, you got to look at it. 
But um, yeah, like the Falcons looked just like such good value uh, early on in this one. Calvin Ridley looked really good. Uh, seven receptions, 109 yards, another two touchdowns. Julio Jones was almost blanketed off of this one. Two receptions for 24 yards. But he could have had that like 60-yard bomb from Russell Gage at some point. That would have changed his fortunes and the fortunes of the entire team. But you got to say just hats off to Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys for just never throwing in the towel in this one. They just rode, I guess you could say their luck, but you make your own luck in this league. They they tried, and they succeeded ultimately. Even after Zeke put the ball on the ground so many times, so did Dak, like he put one down too. Um, C.D. Lamb had a big game in this one, 106 yards, six receptions, including some big ones. Murray Cooper came up big too. Just everyone seemed to contribute in this team. Dalton Schultz had nine receptions. He's their backup tight end, who I guess is now their starting tight end at the moment. And he got himself on the score sheet too. Like, just amazing work from Dallas. And, like, the defense stepped up to keep them in it as well. Trevon Diggs and Jalen Smith. Uh, Jalen Smith getting into the, the backfield to stop a certain touchdown uh, near the goal line as well and force a field goal. Really impressive stuff. But, yeah, like I say, I could talk about this game the rest of the night, but I'll try not to. Yeah. Um, and Cowboys moved to one on one. Um, mm-hmm. It's been an interesting start for them. Yeah, interesting start for that whole division, which we'll get onto very shortly, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, congratulations to the Dallas Cowboys for one of the most improbable wins I've ever seen. Uh, the Green Bay Packers managed to quite easily overpower the Detroit Lions, 42-21 at Lambeau. So yeah, hands up, the Lions haven't started as well as I thought they might. Uh, I, I can just blame injuries and such, but ultimately they just are not playing as well in many places as they really should. The defensive line got about six pressures on Aaron Rodgers all day, and it just looked way too easy for their opponents. On offense, they are missing the likes of Kenny Galladay, but you should still be doing better than what they have done to this point. It's just There's just no excuses for it. Aaron Jones was the real star of this week, though, with a career-best 168 yards and two scores on the ground. And another 68 through the air and a score as well. Yeah, Darren's enjoying that one for his fantasy team. Rodgers wasn't quite as good as last week, though, but still being let down by some of his receivers, such as Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who had quite a few key drops, which could have gone for TDs. Now, Green Bay is the eighth team in the Super Bowl era to score 40-plus points in each of their first two games of a season. And each of the last two teams won the Super Bowl. So, do we book them in, Darren? No. Okay, cool. Um, Moving on. Uh, they're strong, though. They're doing really well. But that receiving core, it's going to probably come back to bite them, I think. You think so? Yeah. Um, the fact that they scored all these points and Devontae Adams only got three receptions off of three targets, like, it's... Mm. Like you look at what the, um, what the Arizona Cardinals did with um, Nuke. Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he seems to be able to just win these games with, you know, very little. And I think he's maybe, you know, buying into the fact that if he uses the running game the way they want it to mm-hmm. be run, then maybe, you know, with Lafleur and with the scheme, it makes it a bit easier for him to throw the ball. Yeah, well, I think that they're definitely building themselves as a team that wants to get themselves out to an early lead so that they can just run on the ball. Yeah. Um, 
So like in this case, that didn't actually work because Detroit took a 14-3 lead to start the game. But then it was all Green Bay after that. From the second quarter onwards, it was uh, 14 points, 17 points, 8 points. They just took over after that point once they managed to get things moving on. Um, the Lions, uh, like I say, started pretty pretty swiftly with Carryon Johnson score from from short yardage, and then it was a Marvin Jones touchdown. But then, like I say, it was just Aaron Jones and his big touchdown runs. Sorry, seven yard touchdown run to begin with. Uh, later on, he had one up the middle for seventy five yards as well. So it was some big plays there. Um, but yeah, they just managed to get themselves back out in front and then once they had that lead they just sat on it yeah um and as you said that's the the tactic that they're going with um the lions you know it's a couple of games they've started quite fast and mm. ended horribly slowly so i don't know i think you know it's been 20 years and this division looks the same as it always does so do you, do you think the, the Lions can do now? Yeah. Do you, do you think that this has been just unfortunate for the Lions, or are they just not good enough? Or is it like, what's run, a problem? Is still the coaching? Running game. Running like game. You go ahead and you want to move the chains and mm -hmm. burn the clock, and they haven't been able to do it. Mm. Um, in well, in this one, they fell behind. So as, as soon as you've fallen behind, you should be chucking it up more. Yeah. This is where they could really use someone like Calvin Johnson. Yeah. But they were. <laughs> you know, 14-3 in mm -hmm. the first quarter, but it just seems like they weren't able to... Like, they conceded a touchdown, like, on the next drive. Mm -hmm. So they're just not asserting themselves, I yeah. guess. And, and it just... It's the Lions, eh? They just need to maybe make a change, but they've brought in all these, like, Patriot yeah, players, and yeah. they seem to be committed to that kind of build, and... I don't know, I just don't think, you know, you're not getting players that good players involved like Hawkinson's catching everything it's thrown at him but he's only getting four targets and yeah you know they don't have Galladay and Marvin Jones only got six targets like they're not they're spread maybe spreading it a bit too much when they maybe should lean a bit more on their more talented players mm. well they're gonna have to deal with hands. yeah they're gonna have to deal with Arizona next week so last season that was a tie but I think it's safe to say that we believe that Arizona have gotten better since last season yeah um, but yeah, like I say, it remains to be seen. Um, I think the Packers have had the Lions and the Vikings to start off the season. It's two teams who have really struggled out the gate. So I still want to say that I'm going to take how good Aaron Rodgers is with a pinch of salt for now. He did look amazing last week, though. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what they come up against next week in the form of the New Orleans Saints, another team that is maybe trending downwards. Um, Moving on, and the Minnesota Vikings. Talk about a team that's, team that's trending downwards. Uh, finished off with 11 points to the Indianapolis Colts, 28. So the Vikings are, for lack of a better word, gash. <laughs> Rubbish. Absolutely. Kirk Cousins at one point had a passer rating of zero. That uh, was at the end of the first half, and it didn't really get much better. I think he got up to about 15. Um, no touchdowns, three interceptions, uh, a fraction over 100 yards. Uh, fair enough. Uh, one of those interceptions was a Hail Mary, so it doesn't count really, but it counts in the stat sheet. Um, the 11 points were even flattering to deceive as well. As you guessed, it was a garbage time touchdown and a two-point conversion for Dalvin Cook. 
If it weren't for him and Adam Thielen, this team would look totally devoid of talent, in my opinion. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, they just have very little. That defensive backfield is not doing anything, and that uh, defensive line is just... They've just been falling apart for years. Now, the Colts, they looked solid again. Jonathan Taylor is looking good for my prediction of the best rookie running back contributor out of the gate with 101 yards and a score. Phil Rivers showed that he can still sling it deep and was unfortunate to have an interception count against him after bouncing off of Mo Ali Cox's chest. Now, MEC had a career game himself with 111 yards and five receptions. Looked like bloody Antonio Gates out there. And if T.Y. Hilton hadn't dropped an easy big score, this would have looked way more comfortable than it did in the end. Uh, another stat time for you, Darren. The Colts are the only team that the Vikings have never beaten on the road. They are now 0-11 and in Indianapolis. That's impressive. That is impressively so, awful on their part. What... Is it just bad team management from the Vikings? Because obviously Everson Griffin's on the Cowboys and Linval Joseph's now on the Chargers and they only seem to have Harrison... They were building their roster essentially for that 2017-2018 sweet spot, I think. And since then, they've had guys whose contracts have come up and they've just been too expensive and they've moved them on or they've just not worked out and not been worth it. Like Xavier Rhodes uh, was just not working out for them, so they got rid of him. But now, they, like, like I said before, they just moved so far to the other side where they basically said, okay, we've had problems on the offensive line and the defensive backfield for a little while. We're clearing house. Rookies will be better than what we had there before. And uh, a, a, a famous quote once said that uh, you can't win with kids. Um, but that is definitely proving true at the moment because the guys that are out there just aren't contributing. Like you needed these guys to hit right off the bat. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how many guys you draft. If you're still expecting three of or three or four of the twelve people you drafted to come in and be immediate impact stars, it's it's, yeah, expect, it's expecting they, an awful lot. They have Harrison Smith and Yannick Ngakwe, hmm. and Yannick who did Ngakwe look better. He's okay. only been there like a week, so yeah. I don't. Yeah. And what, Harrison Smith essentially helped uh, with that interception that Rivers threw, but. Um, yeah, like the, the, the rest of it, like those guys must just be looking around and being like, "What is um, what's happening here? Who are these people?" Um, yeah, like Rivers had a couple of good plays. Um, I said Taylor was was there. Um, Campbell unfortunately went out with a pretty nasty injury. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, per Paris Campbell just can't catch a break. Yeah, can't catch anything. Oh, he caught that pass that. He ended up getting, getting in the hospital. On. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was Colts might be good. They're in a quite a competitive division, so they should be able to steal a few games off the teams around them. So they'll be in the playoff hunt. Um, Vikings, it's time for the GMs and that to start finding a new place to live. Someone needs to take a good hard look at themselves because that team has just been allowed to disintegrate over the last few years. And... Um, like, uh, I mean, I wouldn't put it down entirely to Kirk Cousins, as many people will want to do, but he was not doing himself any favours in this one. Yeah, it seemed like he'd kind of given up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, just fair flinging, enough. Just flinging it <laughs> yeah. for the best. Yeah, exactly. Like, when you're when you're trying to flick it up to the likes of uh, BC Johnson, 
Uh, and Justin Jefferson's just not doing it for me at all so far. Uh, I think that's the first time in his, not just NFL career, but college career and yeah, a college career since he's had two back-to-back sub 100 yard games or something like that. So yeah, well, that's going to happen to him. Cause... Yeah, because now he's in the NFL. He's the big leagues now champ. Mm-hmm. Uh, another team that finds themselves in the big leagues and leading the way is the Buffalo Bills, who defeated the Miami Dolphins 31-28. Now, Josh Allen continued his hot start to the season, caveat, against some pretty crap defenses, with a 417-yard, four-touchdown passing performance. And <gasps> I'm rubbing my eyes for the listeners at home there. Only four rushing attempts. Fair play. Like, can, is that right? Like, is there something just wrong with the, the NFL website there? It seems that the Bills feel comfortable with its passing abilities now to let them have a go against teams who are struggling against the pass. Now, the Finns were without some of their starting cornerbacks in this one, including Byron Jones, who went out. So the Bills just totally attacked that. And Stephon Diggs announced himself with eight receptions on 13 targets, I must say, uh, for 153 yards and a score. Uh, on the other side of things, Fitzmagic took some time to get going, uh, but in the end, he could only really make it look much closer than the final result. Mike Kosicki ha- finally had his breakout game with 130 yards and a score, so there's still some life in this Dolphins team yet, but they need to sort out that defense and get themselves healthy again. Yeah, um, Dolphins had no pass rush, so I don't think um, Josh Allen needed to run anywhere. He was quite comfortable in the pocket. Yeah, he looked pretty happy back and there. Yeah, he, he did what he was asked to do. He was able to get Stefan Diggs as a number one target. Um, they got Singletree involved. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot closer than it probably should have been. Yeah. The Dolphins made a couple of really good field goals and um, like quite far out field yeah. goals. And they were just able to... To well, stay in it. 15 points in that manic fourth quarter. There's a few manic fourth quarters in uh, this week. There's 14 points to 15 in that one. So like, Buffalo had to had to work till the end, really, in order to seal that one off. But, um, yeah, uh, Josh Allen is always going to be the talking point with the Bills because he is that team now. It entirely relies upon him. Although you've got to be a little bit concerned about the way that that, that defense kind of let things slip there. Um, yeah, they, they just allowed uh, the, the Dolphins to come back into it t- towards the end. Uh, like I say, Mike Kosicki had a, had a big game. Uh, Isaiah Ford had seven receptions for 76 yards. Uh, Devontae Parker had five for 53 in a score. Miles Gaskins getting involved as well. Uh, they were spreading it about in the run game. So, like, the Dolphins did what they could to try and at least keep this one interesting. And technically, they did. Now... If I told you at the start of the season that by week two, Josh Allen would be the passing leader, would you have believed me? Uh, considering the teams that played, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That is the, the one caveat for this entire thing so far. So they finished up, uh, they're, they're, they're 2-0 now, and next week they're going to face the Los Angeles Rams in Buffalo. So that's going to tell us a lot more about this Buffalo team than we've learned to this point. Because the Rams, as we'll get to shortly... Uh, they're looking pretty solid this season, and that'll be their first real test, I would say. Yes. The Rams. Well, we're not on the Rams for now. No, Rams no. We'll, we'll, we'll hold our Rams takes for afterwards then, but if yeah. you're ready to move on, then we will yep. do just that. And we can get past this one relatively quickly, I'd imagine, because one word, blowout. Nope, not the score, but knees, ankles, necks, everything 
is just falling apart for the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo is likely out for six weeks. Raheem Mostert's going to be out for a few weeks. Sol Solomon Thomas is going to be out for a, a reasonable amount of the season. And Nick Bosa tore his ACL and is done for the year. That is on top of their pre-existing injury problems in the wide receiving core, in the tight end room. <laughs> like the injury problems puts the Bay Area team in a serious quagmire, which I'm really glad I managed to use that word. Uh, at the moment, Nick Mullins is likely to be the starting quarterback going forward, with Jarek McKinnon and Tevin Coleman receiving increased roles in the running back department. Jordan Reed did score two touchdowns in this one on a really fine day for him, so they're not looking too bad in that regard. If he can step in and uh, pick up that uh, George Kittle role, because um, like when he is good, he is really good. He just needs to you know stay away from the head knocks. But at the moment, Kyle Shanahan's job has got gone from bad to worse. Uh, it's really difficult for him on offense, and things are probably even worse on defense, given that Richard Sherman's out for the season, or sorry, uh, sorry the next few weeks at least. Uh, Bosa gone, Solomon Thomas gone. It's just all falling apart. And speaking of falling apart, I mean, the Jets would be falling apart if they actually seemed to have a full team in the first place. Um, so they just looked about as bad as expected. Rashad Perryman did go down with an injury, um, and but Sam Darnold seems to be working up quite a connection with Chris Hogan, of all people. Um, also, Frank Gore has now played more games, played in more games than ever by any running back. So well done or something, I guess. Yeah, Frank Gore's good. The Jets aren't. Um, all right, the Rams and Eagles. Yeah, uh, oh. To give up an 80-yard run on the first play of the game is... Um, to tell you, it's you're Jets. 17 seconds into the game and you're already 7-0 down. It's like... Let's just go home. All right. Uh, <laughs> over under, Adam Gase is out there by the end of week four. I think they'll keep him. You think? Yeah. I don't guess they're going to consider it his fault. Um, there was a Sam Darwin had a really good touchdown this game, or a really good. He had a couple, couple of good really plays. good completions. That's that's it. That's what he does. He does enough to be like, oh man, did you see that throw or or that scrambled? Like he looks really like athletic, and he's got all these other intangibles, but then it's the other plays that are the problem. Like, and if you don't have anything around him, anything to protect him, anything for him to throw to, I mean, if I'm pointing out that Chris Hogan is his main target... Yeah, the ringer pointed what... out that the two main targets in this game were both um, practice squad players for the Patriots last year. Braxton Berrios and Chris Hogan. Oh, yeah, Berrios too, yeah. So, yeah, they um they have not really tried to, to really improve Sam Darnold's... Uh, the talent around Sam Darnold. Mm. Um, you know, some of the small little things like the, the boy they picked up on the offensive line has been quite good, but what can you do? <laughs> like, they're not, they're just not a good team. Um, but, you know, the 49ers will be playing on this field again next week. They're playing the Giants and I know that they're, mm. the players are a bit worried about it. So, yeah. what has happened to the New York teams or the New Jersey teams technically? They're, um, their fields crap. Their rosters are crap. They, the shit is really hitting the fan in, in New York in multiple facets. Um, yeah, it's it's just I think everyone is going to be really worried about that pitch going forward. But like, you need to meet certain standards with your pitch before any games can even be played on it. So if it is really that bad, do they relocate? So they have to say no we can't play here because this is this whole thing needs to be relayed 
If so, like the, the NFL should be looking into it. Difference, like with mm. the AJ Green tobacco last year when they were going to play at Canton, mm. and they used the practice field they shouldn't have used. And... The, pra- the practice field was a car park, effectively. Uh, AJ Green did in his toe on gravel, effectively. So that was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so the the Forty Nineers came out of this one looking pretty pretty good with thirty one thirteen. But um, yeah, like having missed Jimmy Garoppolo, who was actually looking really sharp in this one. Uh, 14 of 16 for 131 uh, so it's a- averaging about you know 10 yards per completion or sorry, per attempt pretty much uh, and two scores uh, Nick Mullins came in uh, did a job had a problem with a pretty bad pick um, but I've seen Nick Mullins perform before I think he's a reasonable backup quarterback if you're only asking him to go up against the Giants next week it just depends on how like how the Giants show up um, I think they can still be potentially problematic for San Francisco, but I think he'll still manage to get them past this because I do. I believe in Jarrett McKinnon as a running back who can re- be really explosive, as he showed in this game. He only had three carries, 77 yards. Um, Tevin Coleman... Running through cheese. Yeah. Tevin Coleman struggled in this one, but um, yeah, you got Kendrick Bourne still there, Jordan Reed, uh, Brandon Ayuk got involved, um, but the roster is really thinning out in San Francisco, so their options are becoming more limited as they go yeah um i'm ready to move on okay so so am i really so let's do it so the los angeles rams uh went to philadelphia and absolutely smashed the eagles 37 19 looked really tight yet again with Goff working efficiently to take what he's given Mm. Uh, he started with 10 straight completions in the first quarter and it kind of continued that way until they got so far ahead that it didn't even matter anymore. So all day near the goal line, they were giving him Tyler Higby wide open. So he took that to the tune of three touchdowns to the tight end. Cam Akers was hurt, but Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown totally ran the show on the ground. Now, Carson Wentz's struggles continue despite having an improved wide receiving core in last year, vastly so. Um, are people going to start calling for Jalen Hurts yet? Or is that maybe a little bit too early? for the 0-2 Philadelphia Eagles and the former MVP. It's definitely too early, but they did um, promote, um, technically promoted Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. this week. They um, they left Nick Sudfield, you know, in the changing room. Oh, okay. And they put Jalen Hurts as the number two, which people weren't expecting. So soon, perhaps, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I thought the Rams looked great. I thought this is probably what they wanted to be last year obviously but they yeah they were just able to hold the the line of scrimmage and allow themselves to get east and west a lot you know the patriots may have pointed out some flaws mm-hmm. that needed to be changed from last year and they didn't change them and they had a hard time but this year true they they're just getting people involved like robert woods out of the backfield just looked really good when he was getting the jet sweeps and yeah stuff, yeah he's just unstoppable and then he's also getting the high point, you know, um, high top like receptions. And, you know, if you can add Robert Woods to Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson can get involved. Tyler Higby showing up in a big spot yeah. too. Josh Reynolds contributing. I mean, Tyler Higby actually... just scored three versions of that play you run on Madden. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's like roll out. The little flick out to the tight end. He's yeah. totally open. When it looks like it's going to be a run. It just... I don't know what the Eagles were doing with the red zone defense. Like, I think after two, maybe you'd double team them or something. Or? Yeah, no, they clearly just didn't think that way. Um, 
again, like this is a Philadelphia Eagles team that many were saying is going to challenge the Dallas Cowboys in this division. But based on the first two weeks, you've got to say, are they even regressing? What's what's going on here? Was was Carson Wentz maybe taking his good offensive line for granted over the last few seasons, and now that they're looking a little bit more holy, is it just too much of a problem? I don't know. I still think if you're having to throw to Greg Ward and you know, there's a big issue with their defense. Like I just don't think you know. Um, Avante Maddox should be your leading tackler. Mm, um, no, but shows how that's a bad how, idea. How east and west are going? Yeah, you know, that your cornerbacks are making the most tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they 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 just don't seem to get it. like Fletcher Cox came out early and they had to go back in. But this team should be doing better. You know, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, you know. Darius Slade, you know, they should be better. We're, we're expecting more from this team, and we're just not quite sure why it's not coming together for them. Um, on, on both sides of the ball, really. This is the first time in about 20 games that Carson Wentz hasn't thrown a touchdown as well, uh, which I think is the longest streak, what sort of was the longest active streak mm-hmm. in the NFL. I just wonder as well, like, if maybe this whole being injured three years in a row and mm. not playing in the Super Bowl... Maybe Carson's just done with Philadelphia. Maybe it's just not going to happen for him. Mm, interesting. Like, maybe you just look at the fates and go, okay, well, this hasn't worked. Maybe I could go and play for someone else. The Bears. Do you see them maybe making a switch this season? Do you think Philadelphia are going to stay this bad? Or is this just, you know, the week two jitters after the week one jitters? Because they still have to play the Washington twice and the Cowboys who are leaking. The Washington, good save. Um the Washington <laughs> the Washington monuments yeah um, so I mean, they're going to they're get still only wins. one game behind Dallas yeah they're going to get wins they just have to start getting them now but like trying to watch the all or nothing documentary on the Eagles last year was really hard because it was like a train wreck in you, yeah you knew where it was going as um, well because of the injuries but if they can keep their um, Dallas Goddard and Ertz and Jackson and Rieger fit then you know, they should be able to score some touchdowns. It's just a bit strange. But um, the Rams controlled this game from start to finish. They just controlled the clock. Their their plays took, you know, time off the clock. You know, they were getting like five minutes touchdown, five yeah. minutes touchdown. And if you keep doing that, then um, you're generally going to win. You're going to win ball games. Yeah, so uh, free of the, the hamstrung rock that was uh, Todd Gurley in their backfield, they seem to be really more open about things now. Uh, and yeah that gets results like this really where you're like spreading the ball about to to all of your players and just taking advantage of what's in front of you and I would be feeling pretty good as a Rams fan right now all things considered Um, but as a fan of the Denver Broncos right now I'm not feeling quite as good Um, they fell to the Pittsburgh Steelers 21-26 Having lost Drew Locke early on in this one, and at the end of it, we also found that we lost Cortland Sutton for this season. Much like the 49ers, they must be feeling like the world is against them this season. Uh, With Jeff Driscoll and newly acquired Blake Bortles in the quarterback room now, will they be able to ride this otherwise competitive team to some wins? Or are we already thinking things over in Mile High? The Steelers' defense was pretty dominant once again. 
but not without their flaws, as Jeff Driscoll did actually manage to find some deep shots to the likes of Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy on the day. James Connors' totals were pretty inflated uh, by a big run at the end as well, so I think they should actually be considering and using a little bit more of Benny Snell Jr., who looked pretty sharp in week one. Um, big Ben looked pretty sharp again, but for the, <laughs> the wideouts in general, man, they're just so good across the board. Uh, they just become really, really difficult to cover, especially when you're like the Broncos and you're dealing with cornerback problems too. So how they continue to hit on the likes of Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypools in the second to fourth rounds just totally amazes me. And um, although they were run relatively close by a, a Broncos team that was struggling with injuries, they still looked good value for it. They still, I still felt as if they deserved that win for Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's kind of the way the Steelers are. Right? They they just seem to be able to grind it out and and put some some points on the the board and and get the wins. The between the wideouts and the defense mm -hmm. and a semi mobile Ben, mm -hmm. big Ben, they they could do some damage this year if they they get still got to play the Bengals twice. True. So. Probably gonna end. They, they're, I'd say with this start, the Steelers are probably already kind of playoff bound. Mm. I think they've just managed to to really put a couple of good wins on the board, and yeah, they just look so impressive. Um, and I just I don't know what the the Bengals and the Browns are going to be able to do. Um, to challenge them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Ravens are a different story, but I think that yeah, this absolutely. defense can deal with the Ravens as well. Like they've just. Yeah, they're looking impressive, and if they can get the the long like long game with Claypool and and get Vance McDonald and Ebron in red zone targets, mm -hmm. yeah, they've got weapons. They have many many weapons. Um, it's such a difference, and this is what you're saying about like with the Broncos with the quarterback going down. It's, having your quarterback mate, is everything. Yeah, Big Ben ain't no Mason Rudolph or no. Doc Hodges or anything like that. He. He still showed that he has he's come back from this surgery and he's he's slinging it. Um, he's one of the quarterbacks back there that you'd maybe be a little bit worried about initially, but he's he's shown at the start of the season that he's really not lost anything. If anything, he's probably looking a bit better than he did um, like at the start of last season. Uh, they do face Houston next week, so that'll be an interesting test. I think that's going to show whether or not Houston is capable of doing anything this season. Um, and could really help cement Pittsburgh as as a real force going forward in this division and in the AFC as a whole. This game was just really interesting from a stats point of view because it's literally equal, except that Denver gave up seven sacks to Pittsburgh only giving up one. I mean, yeah. if you're constantly behind the eight ball, yeah, with a backup quarterback or you know with a, a rookie, technically kind of a rookie quarterback, then you know it's not the this isn't the defense you want to be. No, no, no. TJ Watt had two and a half sacks and another two tackles for a loss in this one. He, since entering the league, he's got the second most sacks in the NFL. Um, he is already st stating his case for the Defensive Player of the Year award. Um, maybe don't give it to him just yet, but looking really good for it. Like I say, uh, with Drew Locke going out, the Broncos' hopes are lying in tatters. They're not sure about... Jeff Triscoll, who for the most part was adequate, uh, two touchdowns and a pick. <coughs> Noah Fant looked really good again, though, man. He, He's going to have to do a lot. He is, but um, especially now that Cortland Sutton's out. Jerry Judy really flashed as well. He uh, was getting open uh, quite a bit. 
Tim Patrick contributed. KJ Hamler got his first action in this one too and uh, looked really good too. I just it's so just worried. Another loss under seven points for the Broncos. Yeah, we just stack them up. We stack them up. Uh, do not like the way that that is panning out in Denver, but it's what it is. Um, not quite endeavouring for Trevor yet. Also, uh, Andrew McConaughey, friend of the show, is saying that we can't do endeavour for Trevor because it sounds like you're, if you're endeavouring, you're trying. But I'm like, no, no, we're trying to, we're, lose. to suck. Yeah. It's like, no, no, you can't try to lose. Like, well, you can't. Uh, shut up, Andrew. We do what we want. We make our own rules in this building. It rhymes. Yeah, yeah. He's, he was saying, I was like, lose for Lawrence or something like that. But that doesn't have no, as much gravitas to it. So we're sticking with Endeavour for Trevor at the moment. Uh, so we will, um, I was going to say politely, uh, respectfully decline your advice there, Andrew. But no, nah, just screw you, eh? Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Advice. Much love, Andrew. Hope you and the family are doing well. Um, yeah, so Broncos fall to 1-2. Pittsburgh go to 2-0. Uh, the Panthers versus the Buccaneers. Um, Panthers lose out 17-31 to the Bucks. Another all-star running back went out in this one as Christian McCaffrey left with a high ankle sprain late in the fourth quarter after scoring two touchdowns on the day. So he's likely going to be out for three to six weeks, although he seems to think that he's some sort of superhuman who's going to come back even earlier than that, um, which will really be throwing their season and many fantasy seasons <clears throat> into the air. Uh, the Bucks defense went with a bend but don't break system to give Bridgewater all the yard yards he wanted, but no scores and two picks. The Bucks still looked a little shaky on offense at times, but were able to close it out with a big late show from Leonard Fournette, of all people, who racked up 103 yards and two scores on the ground. But the main story to come out of this has been no receptions for Gronkowski, which has made it a bit of the talk of the town at the moment. They won, who cares? Yeah, true. Really, like Scott Scott Miller only got two receptions off of three targets after being the poster boy last week. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. clearly Brady's just thrown to who's open. So maybe if these guys want to get the ball, maybe they have to get open a bit more. Well, some people are saying that maybe Arians just doesn't use tight ends like this. Um, and well, Arians himself even just said, like, yeah, well, why would we use a tight end in our passing game? That's what we have wide receivers for, um, which... It's all well and good, but that's going to sound slightly disrespectful to the greatest tight end in NFL history who really wants to get involved in this game. But, like you say, he's got to get open and get himself these opportunities. You have to earn it. And, like, I'm sure Gronk's time will come, um, but maybe this will just make him angry, and you don't want Gronk angry. Yeah. Well, at least be Gronk from three years ago, anyway. Then it'd be good in the blocking game, at least. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, the, the Bucks are what they are. The defence... Got a couple of takeaways and they managed to, you know, Brady got on the board and they are, you're not going to find out anything playing the Panthers. No. <laughs> no. Not not for this team. Like they, after seeing the Saints this week, that was a bad loss last week. Yes, that was a bad loss. Ooh, that's um, a bad miss. Like um, people um, probably like, oh, it's, you know, you're going against the Saints first mm -hmm. up, but I think they'll be kicking themselves about that in a couple mm -hmm. of weeks time. Yeah. But, you know. It's, it gets them off the board. It kind of gets people off Brady's back for a week, and at know, least, yeah, yeah. And um, Mike Evans got a red zone reception, and mm -hmm. yeah, so they're they're chipping from Mike away Evans. It. Yeah, I mean that's it. You could, you'll never play what's put out in front of you on any given Sunday. Um, Ronald Jones also got a touchdown there as well. They basically just did what they needed to do. The the, the Panthers just gave it to them on fumbles and interceptions and stuff like that. Uh, but Teddy just couldn't quite take care of it. Um, 
in terms of the, the completions and attempts and stuff like that, Bridgewater's stat line looks great until you see the touchdown and interception ratio, which is just it's not good. But uh, and DJ Moore had a good outing. Robbie Anderson had a good outing. Mike Davis got involved in the passing game as well, and he's going to have to get involved in the running game going forward. Um, I, I see something in Carolina, but it's definitely a nut yet for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh won't spend too much time on that because we should probably just try and pick up the pace a little bit here. Easier said than done when you've got the Jaguars and Titans to <laughs> to chew through. So the Jaguars really ran them close. Uh, 30 points to 33. Another one of the crazy games from the weekend. Jacksonville fell behind early due to some fine work from Tannehill and an unfortunate bounce interception for Minshew. Uh, the Titans went up 24 uh, to 10 at the half. But the Jags utilized their increasingly diverse playmakers to claw their way back into it. LaVisca Schnault had five carries in this one, as well as a number of fine catches. And DJ Chark went up for some big ones too. In the backfield, James Robinson has been a really nice find at running back. And Gardner Minshew got them to within three points, but a batted pass at the line of scrimmage saw the Titans' hole, sorry, the Titans' Harold Landry sealed the game with a pick. Uh, Minshew is beginning to have people set up and take notice of him as a legitimate high-end, sorry, mid-to-high-end, <laughs> studied on, uh, quarterback in this league. His escapability and anticipation is certainly making up for his lack of arm strength. Uh, but if you're going to take anything from this game, go back and watch Ryan Tannehill's game-sealing touchdown pass to Adam Humphreys, who sees the ball coming his way, takes his eyes off the ball to see where the defenders are going to hit him, makes the catch, and avoids the hit. Oh, just nice. Top tier throw from Tannehill under pressure too. Yeah, it was a good game. I I don't know. T- Titans are two and zero as well, and they haven't been very. They don't seem very impressive either. But like Tannehill was like the third, statistically like the third best quarterback in the league since he got the job last year. Yeah, putting up numbers. Um, some really good throws by both teams. Good, good plays by the quarterbacks. Yeah, a, good, good a, quarterback it was play. A ding dong battle. Um, ding dong. But I'm, I'm really impressed with what the Jaguars have been able to do with what was apparently a very limited team. But then when I actually, if you you can say that um, Eifert was a gamble when O'Shaughnessy hasn't done too much, but Keenan Cole, DJ Shark, and Chris Conley, they've they've been getting receptions and touchdowns they've been good like this is all players that have been involved one way or another i think the big thing for them is james robinson because yeah i don't think anyone expected with raquel armstead being out on the COVID list that they'd Mm -hmm. actually have a running game yeah and fournette you know being fournette (laughs) um but they've managed to find something and thoughts on just playing miles jack at running back (laughs) maybe um you know, there's there's all you can always you can throw a throw a stone and hit a running back in free agency. I mm-hmm, think, but mm-hmm. they've found one, and um, they'll be hoping they can they can keep him going. Chris Thompson's there if needed as well, and it's this thing. This division, look at that game. Like this division's going to be a knife fight, and like the Jags have to play what six games in this division, so they might might be able to sneak a few games. But I still they steal think, a few here and there. Yeah, I think if they get too impressive you're going to start seeing some sneaky trades I, th- I think you'll be like oh DJ Shark's now on the Colts or something like that. <laughs> it's going to be I feel like they are trying to do a bit of a 76ers kind of mm-hmm. manipulating their way towards the first pick but like as has been alluded to by ourselves and likes of pro football focus Minshew might just be tank proof he's just he's too good to not get you 
five or six wins. Yeah. Which is probably not going to be bad enough, it's not good enough, to get you the first overall pick in Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, um, I heard the NFL, the Ringer NFL show, we're talking about how is Gardner Minshew what people thought Baker was going to be? Maybe, because I think it's, to my, in my mind, it's relatively safe to say that since the end of Minch, uh, Baker's first season, Minshew's been better. Yeah. than Baker Mayfield and he's been doing much better with much less around him yeah. and they're very similar you know stature and mm-hmm. similar kind of throwing style and yeah it's um I think Gardner Minshew and Gardner Minshew's in all the ads and it's like he's just marketable he's, he's very, very marketable he's a, he's a lot he's, he's lovable he's an interesting guy you like so. him you like him he's already trading barbs with uh um Ryan Fitzpatrick over the over the whole beard scenario Fitzpatrick saying he just thinks that um, beards are more manly and uh, that anyone who chooses to go for the moustache just can't grow a full beard. And Minshew retorted back saying, like, oh, I reckon I could grow a full beard, um, especially if, uh, you know, like he still respects his elders and Ryan Fitzpatrick is very much that, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, cute. I like that. Um, yeah, uh, close, close, close game, um, but definitely one of the ones that's worth a rewatch through the course of the season um titans for real if you've got to say so oh we'll win their division mm-hmm. um that if they can get you know to nine wins they'll be in the playoffs and mm-hmm. once they're in the playoffs they've got a running game so yeah true well in saying that derrick henry uh, once again kind of held relatively limited in this one um just kind of following the Broncos model of trying to make him move side to side because it's just when he runs right at you that he's getting these problems so if you stuff the middle make him move sideways then you can stop him because it's only when he gets ahead of steam up that he's tough to tackle so yeah. maybe we're going to see more teams doing that hopefully for them they can push the line a bit more so they can run north to south but mm-hmm. um I guess we'll we'll find out we shall all in good time uh, now, the Washington football team and the Arizona Cardinals played out a game in Scottsdale, Arizona, and the Cardinals came out on top relatively comfortably in the end. 30 points to 15. Uh, so the Kyler Murray show continues down there in Scottsdale as they made short work of them. Uh, to be fair, it wasn't all smooth sailing, though, as the Washington defensive line continued to show that they mean business. Uh, Chase Young, second overall pick in this year's draft, added another sack to his tally and forced a landing Collins pick, too. Uh, but outside of the excellent Terry McLaurin's 125-yard, one-touchdown game, they just didn't have much else going on offense. Uh, the Cardinals, on the other hand, played a pretty mature game themselves. Uh, they got ahead and kept it that way. With DeAndre Hopkins continuing to prove himself in the new building with six catches and a score. Got to be liking me some Arizona Cardinals right now, man. Yeah, well... Albeit against Washington, still. Yeah, we saw Rex Ryan say that he... Um... You know, most coaches will try and blitz um, Kyler yeah. like every time because of the way he can run. But the the issue is that uh, you know Hopkins is blitz proof because he's so good on the man coverage on the outside. So mm-hmm. as long as Kyler keeps his poise, he's pretty much got Hopkins free for like a five six yard pass yeah. every time they blitz. So even if the defensive line of the Redskins was doing quite well. They never just seem they never seemed to be able to get off the field because the Hopkins was always available. And if you watch the highlights, I think the first like five minutes of the highlights, it's just Hopkins. Mm. 
And then, obviously, then once you go, okay, we have to cover Hopkins, then Kyler can run. Yeah. So if you spread it out in the red zone, then Kyler can just pick it up and run behind the tight end and get into the end zone, which yeah. he did a couple of times. And they're not without other weapons. Andy Isabella uh, really showed up in this one as well. Only two receptions, but 67 yards on both his targets. That's so kind of player he is, though. Yeah, he's, he's capable of so like, he's just being that flash. he's starting to get the route tree, and he's starting to get that. That's really good for them. Yeah, Christian Kirk got involved with similar numbers, too. And Larry Fitzgerald was Larry Fitzgerald. Seven targets, seven catches, 50 yards. Just exactly what you're asking of him. Chip, chip, chip. Yep, as well as blocking on the whole game as well. Um, yeah, just... Yeah, the 49ers doing what they're doing and having the problems they're having then. Cardinals must be looking at this going, oh, we're a year ahead of schedule. We might mm. actually do something in the NFC this year. Yeah, I mean, that whole division is, I used the phrase earlier on, but I'm use it again, just a total knife fight between the Cardinals, Seahawks, Rams, and 49ers. 49ers could finish bottom of this division the way things are going. And, I mean, I would probably still put Seattle at the, at the top now, but Rams also looking really sharp. Arizona, if they continue to improve this way, they're going to be in with a shout. Um, yeah, this is uh, only the sixth time that they've started 2-0 and in the last 30 years. So everything is trending upwards for Arizona. Uh, next week they have the aforementioned... Uh, oh, actually, who is it they have next week? They were mentioned earlier. Uh, Detroit, the Detroit Lions. So they could keep this run going as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Mm -hmm. Likewise. Um, moving on, I'm trying to pick up the pace again, but again, very difficult. It's almost unfair, isn't it? Uh, the Ravens' 33-16 victory over the Texans. Lamar barely needed to try anything through the air as a combination of himself, Gus the Bus Edwards, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins just tore through the Texans' defensive line for the queue of over 200 yards on the ground. For the Texans, Watson had it all to do with an effective, ineffective ground game, becoming less and less relevant as the game went on, forcing him to put the game on his shoulders yet again. Now, the whole combination of likes of Cooks, Cobb and Aikens, which is not a law firm, uh, could be a decent combination this season, but they just couldn't get the ball into the end zone on more than one occasion. Lamar has 28 passing touchdowns and one, that's one interception over his last nine games. And that's not even including his rushing scores. At the moment, the man is totally inhuman and that team is built to complement him so well and is borderline unstoppable. And we get to find out just how unstoppable as they face the Chiefs next week. Yeah, that'll be a good game. I'm going to be absolutely honest, I haven't seen a single snap of the Ravens this year. I'm still a little bit salty, I'm sure. Are, are you from now? last week so I haven't seen any of this game and I probably won't see any of this game but um, as I said Lamar's superhuman and they've built the team structure you know we were talking about the Vikings being the way they've been and yep. the Ravens are just the complete opposite just built this running game and this offensive line and this defense and well coached plays yeah they they're going to be boring this year like 14 and 2 kind of thing and then get knocked out in the playoffs like they, <laughs> they um yeah they're looking good but next week's going to be amazing i think yeah hopefully it's a 40 39 kind of 
Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of feel as if it is happening a little bit too early in the season. I think we needed to be like we needed to wait a little bit, yeah. get a bit of a handle on exactly what these two teams are first, to give them a bit of a chance. With all the injuries and stuff, like we're getting these teams. These two teams are pretty much true and that, full strength. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. That's one thing which is definitely key so far is like they've managed to get two games in and not had to suffer a key injury. Uh, and then if you have teams like the 49ers suffering about twelve key injuries. It, it leaves you in a very good spot for the rest of the season. Now, obviously, touch wood, nothing will happen like that going forward. Um, but just how, how long can you ride your luck? Is it? I mean, if you'd likes of Lamar, he's really good at avoiding hits, so you'd hope that he would just continue to go that way and, um, and just be there for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, I, you do not want to be facing Lamar Jackson at any point right now because although he didn't need to do that much through the air, he was still super effective. 18 for 24, 204 yards, a touchdown. But then again, just because they got themselves up nicely um, by the third quarter, just continue to pound the ball. And uh, the Texans are powerless to stop them because their defense is not that great either. Yeah. Um they're good. They're going to be good. Okay. So, um, One more can I say? Five consecutive games with a 16.1. Yep. Pretty good. It's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, uh, this next game. I'm, I'm, yeah, moving on. And speaking of the Chiefs, uh, who are also pretty, pretty, pretty good, uh, they, la they left it as late as possible to tie the game as time expired in regulation to take it to overtime. So Patrick Mahomes had a bit of an off day by his standards, but when it mattered most late in the third quarter, he rolled out to the right and slung the ball about 50 yards down the field to a fully extended Tyreek Hill uh, to get them to tie things up at 17 apiece. And my God, was that beautiful throw and catch. Uh, one of the best combinations you'll see all season, I'm sure. Uh, the Chargers got themselves all the way up to the two-yard line after that before stalling and settling for a field goal. Harrison Butker then managed to tie things up as time expired, as we mentioned. And then in overtime, the Chargers burnt out in their first drive, opted to punt rather than go for a fourth down attempt on their own 34, which is fair. Uh, they had, but they did also try going for fourth downs earlier on in the game and got some. I think they got one and didn't make the other one. But a lot of people are killing them for this because of uh, you know just the fact that it's against the Chiefs in overtime. You just got to take your take your shot when you get it, but. This is on their 34-yard line. Like either way, like if you if you don't make it, Chiefs are automatically in field goal position, basically. So you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I think. But uh, ultimately, uh, they punted it away. Mahomes then just gets into within Butker's range. He hit from 53, blown dead by a flag. False start, move five yards back. Hits again from 58, blown dead by a timeout. Hits it again from 58 yards out to win the game. And that was his second 58-yarder of the day. Only the second kicker in the Super Bowl era to do so after Greg the Leg Zerline back in 2012. So how damn clutch is that? Before we get talking about them, though, I've got to say on the Chargers side of things, Justin Herbert came in at the last minute uh, after a switch from Tyrod Taylor due to an injury, which basically was aggravated between the coin toss and the start of the game. Um, which actually resulted in him going to hospital. Uh, Herbert came in and for the most part looked pretty great. Um, got to say, um, there was times when a cool head was needed and he looked a little bit more like a rookie, but still quite promising from the young signal caller. Stat time, Patrick Mahomes in September, 28 touchdowns, no picks. It's like Harry Kane. <laughs> Harry Kane in September. Um, 
Herbert was really good. Um, it was just impressive uh, some of the stuff he was able to do. But you can tell that the full package hasn't been put in for him because the yeah the red zone stuff and the fourth downs and the converting first they they a little bit to do but um yeah he he was able to make plays that this is the thing though like you don't get much opportunity to knock the Chiefs off and I think the Raiders and the Broncos will be sitting looking at Chargers being like just could have yeah, just couldn't one. do it could you Chargers going to charge her man doesn't matter yeah. if Philip Rivers is at the helm Justin Herbert's at the helm Tyrod Taylor's at the helm you could have Patrick Mahomes at the helm of the Chargers and he would still charge her yeah. that um so Herbert throwing the pick at the end of the third quarter was was pretty bad. He yeah. could have just run for the first down. He tried to hit the red zone. Really it. terrible. It was, it was a straightforward first down run, but just threw it up in a double coverage, and uh, it was. And that probably cost near. them the game because they would have been twenty three mm-hmm. if they got a field goal there, and then you know it would have been a lot harder for the Chiefs to come back and tie or win. They would have had to go for a touchdown mm-hmm. rather than yeah. a field goal, so they would have lost because they. They had to run out of play. Yeah. Oh, I guess they would have got that last throw. Um, but obviously the game plan changes if, if Herbert converts that first down because they can waste another minute and a half and yeah. they can hit a field goal. All um, things considered, having gone through like the, the entirety of the season and the, the preseason expecting Tyra Taylor to be your starter and then have things change at the very last minute is, is unprecedented. I don't think I've ever really heard of things happening so last minute. And I do hope that Tyrod Taylor is okay after um, apparently experiencing chest pains which were aggravated by an injection just before the game. Not ideal. No. Um, they're saying that Tyrod Taylor is going to play next week. So, uh... mm, Is he going to be starting next week? Yeah. Mm. I think they're probably going to say it's his job to lose. Yes, and then and, and lose he, he is a... He does. He does yeah. lose. Well, he, he won against the Bengals the other week. Just... Just, well, yeah. when I say him, it wasn't really him. They need to use Tyrod more. They need to use more of his athletic ability uh, because he does have that in spades. So, yeah, the Chiefs escape with one there. And uh, another team who escaped with one were the Seattle Seahawks, who managed to escape at home against the New England Patriots. Yet another crazy game as we saw Russell Wilson duke out with Cam Newton on Sunday night, finishing things up 35-30 in the Seahawks' favour. The Seahawks looked to have it all out of sight going into the fourth quarter with Russell Wilson having already thrown four touchdowns in the game, including some incredible catches by David Moore. Especially check that one out. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. But Cam brought them back to within five and got the ball back with two minutes 16 to play. We've seen it all before from the Patriots and it looked like it was going to be that way again. But with two seconds left and the Patriots on the two-yard line after Julian Edelman was held up there, they tried to take Cam off the left side, only to be met right away by LG, LJ Collier, the guy who I keep bricking on for doing absolutely nothing, and backup safety, Leno Hill, who was only in the game after Quandre Diggs' ejection from the game earlier on for a late hit, helmet, helmet, sorry, uh, to stop the former MVP in his tracks. Now, my main takeaways from this are that Russell Wilson is still frying up a storm, and the Patriots are utilising Cam's multiple talents in whichever way is required on the day and he's looking pretty good again uh, these Patriots are still somehow really competitive despite having what is essentially a really awful skill position group yeah that, that wide receiver core is uh, ugly um, yeah the the way they play 
this game was interesting because the uh, the Seahawks because they're actually going to Wilson in the passing game. Yeah, um, they're not running it twice then playing Wilson. They're actually mm-hmm. throwing first. And... They're they're sticking to their guns here and actually moving away from the the running game like the well like something like Russ was trying to do and you know the whole let Russ cooked hashtag. It's it's taken off. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely where. I think the fans want mm-hmm. them to be. I think Wilson is, is an impressive impressive performance when he gets that opportunity. He just does so much work. But um I think yeah, he's only got like one more incompletion than touchdown so far this season, which is not bad. Yeah, he's uh he has cooked. Um but yeah, their their skill positions looking really good, you know, with the DK Metcalf and, Yeah and Lockett and you know more they're, they're just they're impressive and they've, they've built an okay team but they, yeah they, they quietly created an excellent wide receiver attack um and they were a team that and never used gordon to be that way as well so. yeah josh gordon eventually might come back and might contribute maybe um so do we think that there's still a problem with the seahawks defense here though i don't know i think that the patriots are good you know it's hard to play against the patriots so I think Bruce Irving going down again. Didn't um, help. Yeah, he's put a tweet being like, oh, I guess I'm human, so I think he'll be out <laughs> in a few weeks. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, I. it's like we were saying this before around the, the draft, the way they've picked players, you know, the Marquise Blair and Collier, like, mm-hmm. okay, good one. Um, yeah, Blair did go down in this one as well. But it's the, the linebackers, though, the Wagner and Jamal Adams is just ridiculous, so. I'm yeah, sure Jamal Adams is a safety slash linebacker slash coach on the field. Corner, back. Towel slash, boy, yeah, anything you want it to be. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. I think they'll get plays when they need them. It's kind of like the Rams kind of philosophy. Yeah, they true. steal a possession here mm-hmm. and there. But Patriots stole a possession straight away in this game. Yeah. So, Shouldn't you know, they didn't get their heads down <laughs> and, and kept going. And, you know, the, I, I like Cam for this role, I think. He looks like he's having looks fun. looks really good. He came out today and said that he's happy he's not making any money because it means he can focus Just on, focus on the game. Yeah, and focus he did. Uh, Julian Edelman had a career-high 179 receiving yards in this one on eight receptions. Then out of that, you've got Demir Bird as your next target. He also uh, said that he had And a... Kiel Harry had the ball forced into him and made sure that he caught eight passes for 72 yards on 12 targets. It's like... yeah. um, apparently, from Cam Newton's interview, he has a performance... Um, rider, mm-hmm. but it's not for money. So if they win the division and get to the playoffs, he gets an he extra gets year. To, no, he gets to dress for <laughs> Belichick for a game. Really? Yeah. Okay. No, I can't root for that. <laughs> well, How many games that, is it? They have to win the division. They have to win the division. Yeah, which pretty much means they have to beat the Bills. Okay. Okay. Mm, we'll see. We'll see. No, I, I, I can't root for it. I think it's no. Josh McDonald's as well. I think it's like the whole coaching staff he gets to dress. So, like, but when when does he get to dress them? Is oh. it during a playoff game? <laughs> you might, I don't think Bill Belichick will In the Super Bowl, you know. <laughs> Bill Belichick on. dressing like he's selling a monorail to Springfield. Uh, I'd be interested to see it. Um, what do you think of the last play? Like, do you think it was a broken play? Like, 
I think it was fully designed, but it just didn't work. No, like they they, they tried it already through the course of that game. They'd said that they weren't going to mess it up like Seattle did on the goal line back in the Super Bowl in twenty sixteen, whatever it was. Um, yeah, they tried what worked before, didn't work this time. Yeah, it was interesting. Good play by Collier and Clean. It took out the throw out. Mm. They could have gone the other way, and at least I thought that they should have at least, yeah, given like just make it an option. Yeah, have a tight end break out. Do do a Tyler Higby. Yeah, I think the Rams can do it, and it's something that they hadn't done before. Just try and throw a curveball, but they just tried to batter it in with Cam Newton, who got another two new two rushing touchdowns. So if you've got him in your fantasy team, yeah, also had four hundred yards in this one as well. So aside from Dak Prescott, he was looking pretty good. Um, yeah, no, both both teams are forced to be reckoned with this season. And a team who everyone thought would be a force to be reckoned with, but we've had our suspicions about for a while, is the New Orleans Saints, who fell to the Las Vegas Raiders 34-24 in our final game of the week. Um, Anyone else joining me in thinking that, unfortunately, Drew Brees' time at quarterback for the Saints might be numbered? He had no completions over 20 yards, and he looked rubbish. Certainly. Derek Carr looked much better than Drew Brees in this game and that's not something that Saints fans will, will no want. no it was all dink and dunk from the Saints signal caller yet again even on the Hail Mary yeah they dinked it yeah it just, just didn't why even why even bother uh, Alvin Kamara was still looking great though uh, since signing his new contract he's just been fantastic um, still at the end of the game when they were 10 points behind the Raiders they just seemed really incapable of showing their aggression and urgency that was required to throw the downfield downfield ball before things just petered out at the very end, really. Um, they were they were missing the slot machine, Michael Thomas, in this one. But come on, you've got plenty of weapons and you're not using them. Emmanuel Sanders, I think, had one catch in this game for next to nothing. The Raiders looked good yet again. Uh, Josh Jacobs had some hard yards to pick up. Uh, his box score didn't look great, but he was picking up when it really mattered, and he was winning the big battles. Yeah. Uh, Darren Waller was unbelievable. 100, sorry, 12 catches on 103 yards and a score. And Brian Edwards flashed why why many people have had him so highly ranked in the draft this year. Like you said, though, Derek Carr, once again, looked like the man who can lead this team to the promised land, which for them is just a winning season. Yes, yes, please, for them. They um, There was some really bad defense moments from the Saints, like Malcolm mm-hmm. Jenkins looked terrible in this game and getting turned inside out yeah he got a couple of plays later on but um yeah against waller they just didn't seem to have anything i and mean it's hard to cover down like tight end that can run like a sprinter so it's yeah it's a bit difficult but even like brian edwards and and um zay jones were getting free in the red zone stuff it's great catch by zay jones for that touchdown by yeah. the way i thought it couldn't possibly be when i looked it back even after looking at it on replay i was like nah, there's no way but yeah, excellent work for him and his lone catch of the day, I believe. Um, yeah. They've they've just sneakily built themselves a team, you know that that might be able to do something. Like you know, as we said during the draft coverage, like Damon Arnett's a guy who didn't play for a year and a half at college, but mm-hmm. should have been a first round talent, son of um, son of a Hall of Famer, and um, Jonathan Abram. It's good, but he got knocked out. He had a bit of a nasty injury there where he um, went to make a essentially touchdown saving tackle, uh, kind of missed, slid, and went right into, I think it was a camera rig or something like that? TV rig, yeah. Yeah, and he was not moving for a while, and it was very scary, but eventually popped back up and ran to the sideline. 
So he's probably in concussion protocol right now, surely. <laughs> um, at very least, it did not look good at all. Um, other other notable things to take from that on the uh, Vegas side of things, like I say, Derek Carr looks just, just looks decent. solid. Yeah. Stadium looks solid. Gruden. Well, good. You'd really hope the stadium looked yeah. solid. If it didn't, I wouldn't want to be playing football in there. Yeah. Gruden just seems to be chipping away. There were some really good moments where you can see that they've managed to get Josh Jacobs to a size mm -hmm. and a speed that they're happy with. Yeah. And he's literally averaging like 3.3 yards needs, a carry. Needs to be better than is, that. They've had a guy like yeah. that before. But that's exactly kind of what Gruden wants though. Is like he wants his running back to be the one that plays and they're just getting first downs, you know? It's like, mm. as long as it's averaging to a first down, you know? Yeah. Um, Play the situation. But they're very, like, when Jacobs went out, because he, like, he banged his fire or something, mm -hmm, they had mm -hmm. to come go to Jalen Richard, and that didn't look that impressive. Um, so they're kind of leaning, I guess, on mm -hmm. a couple of really talented players. Yeah. A bit like the Rams. I don't don't count out Devontae Booker to get involved in the, the running game. He obviously was pretty ineffective in this one, but um, he, he has flashed before in his time with the Broncos. Um, but, yeah, Jalen Richard, he can also flash. Um, got so, a good touchdown, mm -hmm. but he had to make up for that terrible yeah, fumble. The other, other problem, yeah. And I've got to say that Derek Carr wasn't you know, without fault this time. He did have two fumbles in this game. Um, but yeah, going back to the Saints, Drew, Drew Brees is just too dink and dunk. And you've got to think, is he maybe now the limiting factor in the Saints locker room? Could, could well be. Um, like at the moment, everything's just going through Alvin Kamara. It didn't help they didn't have Michael Thomas or anything like that. I think he maybe helps extend what Breeze is capable of. But if teams figure out that Drew Breeze can't throw deep, that's going to really change how this team is perceived. Yeah, um, I don't think anyone's going to be scared of Breeze just now. No. And that's... That's a problem. A problem. Because they need to be. That's part of their game. Yeah, I think if they're... If this keeps happening, they have to go to a more gadget place, or at least pretend they're gadget plays, but mm. then at least get Taysom Hill's arm. Yeah, since you're paying Taysom Hill so much money to be in the building, use him. Yeah. Also, you've got Jameis Winston sitting on the bench, fresh off his LASIK surgery. Don't know what that is yet. No one, yeah, no one really knows. But um, if if the Saints start losing games, and there's every possibility that they might, they've got Green Bay next week. If they drop to one and two. You know, people are going to start asking more and more questions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, in terms of questions, uh, my question is, is that long <laughs> enough? I would say it is. Yeah, we certainly have brought it up to uh, an hour 26, effectively. So, but we've we done good. We've done good, Darren. It's all, yeah, it's all good. Because we just talk for as long as we feel like it, for yes. the most part. And um, it, it tends to be about that sort of length of time for the, the big week review podcast. So I think we're, we're just about holding our own in terms of... Uh, you know, being as in-depth as the other ones. Yes. But we are better. We have better quality. We have the better patter, better relationship. Uh, like, obviously, that's Sam Monson and uh, Steve Palazzolo on PFF. Oh, they're always at each other's throats, right, guys? Um, but, yeah, any final thoughts on this week and where things are going next week? No, I just hope okay. there's not as many injuries and mm. just more of the same, really. Yeah, definitely just want to see some actual football next week. I I would like to see 
the Jets and Giants actually do something this season. True. Just a couple of decent performances. Mm-hmm. You know, just just something, but it's really bad having a couple of really bad teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, otherwise everyone else seems to be pretty competitive and handling the situations pretty well. And, and you know, we have to thank them for getting out there and playing, you know? Absolutely. Thank you all very much for, for playing NFL players. And uh, thank you guys all very much for continuing to listen. Um, we're very excited that things have passed on another week. Week three is up ahead of us now. You've got big matchups such as the Los Angeles Rams and the Buffalo Bills, both two and sorry, both two and zero. Oh. Uh, you have the Dallas Cowboys, fresh off that incredible comeback win versus the Atlanta Falcons against the Seattle Seahawks, who had their own hold on win against the Patriots. And then to tie it all off with a bow, you've got Casey at Baltimore on Monday night. So, uh, join us again next week because we're going to have a lot more to talk about once again. I'm sure of it. Thanks very much for listening, guys. We'll catch you there. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>